Amen. Well, uh, thank you for those of you that are on uh, the Facebook uh, and the kind words and the likes that uh, I, I got this week. Uh, if you don't know, uh, this past week, uh, I was actually off the day, the, day, the real day, but uh, I celebrated my seventh anniversary here. And so thank you for your, uh, your support in that. Uh, I remember vividly uh, my first day here, uh, actually before I was on staff, I, the Sunday I came, it was the, actually the first Sunday of August uh, back in 2016, and in the first service, this microphone uh, went dead in the middle of my sermon. That's probably an omen. Uh, and so I had to go grab one off the stand over there and finish the sermon and thankfully, that doesn't happen much anymore. It'll probably happen today just because I made fun of it. Uh, or Hunter will just hit the mute button, uh, which probably is more likely. But I appreciate our tech team and all the folks that serve. It's good to have the Green family, uh, Christy and Chuck, uh, together today uh, playing the guitar and the drums. And so today, uh, oh, the, the, before we get into Not Your TV Dad, this is the last episode uh, of Not Your TV Dad, Jesus Knows Best. But before we get there, I, I normally don't make this big of a deal but, uh, about it, but today is, is important. Uh, at 4 o'clock, our business meeting is very important today. Uh, not like the rest of them aren't, but today is especially important. You probably got an email from me about it. Uh, we uh, need to discuss and have a, a tremendous opportunity uh, to leverage uh, the property that we own at 201 South Friendswood Drive. Uh, you know it as Dunn Brothers. Uh, to leverage that for some kingdom uh, initiatives. Uh, and then also to look at our future uh, related to our worship schedule. And so I want to invite you to be here today. If you normally don't attend those, uh, this would be the one to attend, and you get to vote on the budget, which who doesn't get excited about that uh, besides Matt, uh, and so it's good. Uh, so that's just my public service announcement for the day. Uh, we're going to be uh, in a passage today in Matthew chapter 11 uh, that if you've been in church a little bit, you probably know most of this Not Your TV Dad uh, series has been passages that if you've been around church much, you've probably heard it, or, or even if you've been generally around church life, you, you might at least like, oh, that kind of sounds uh, like Jesus, uh, because it is Jesus. And, and I remember the very first time I ever preached this very passage uh, was in 2001. Uh, it was late August of 2001. Uh, I was in Austin, Texas, uh, serving at Hyde Park Baptist Church, and uh, I was preaching in our fellowship hall while our senior pastor was preaching in another building because we were doing some major renovation on campus. And so we had like simultaneous worship services having, it was chaos and exciting and fun all the time. And so uh, that six week period surrounding that sermon involved a mission trip to Colorado where I took uh, 10 or 15 uh, single adults to Colorado, the, the middle of Colorado. Um, and we did a mission trip, VBS, sports thing, all that grand time. Uh, I came back just in time uh, for our oldest son uh, to be born in Plano, Texas. And if you know anything about Texas geography, Plano is not next to Austin. 
And so he uh, surprised us. Uh, Brandy was still living in Dallas-Fort Worth area. I had already moved to Austin to start this position. Uh, Reed came four plus weeks early. And so I drove like a maniac uh, on August 1st uh, to Plano and made it a few minutes before he was born. Uh, He was born in Plano, never lived there. Um, They spent the next 10 days uh, in the woodlands while our house was being finished. So we were homeless with a newborn. How's that for burdens? We're going to talk about burdens today. And then, uh, and then, so we closed on the house finally. Uh, Then the two weeks after that, the week after I preached this sermon, uh, I took 200 single adults. uh, Two of them are in this room today, I think, uh, (laughs) to uh, Lake Highlands Baptist Encampment uh, outside of Austin for a giant retreat. And then two weeks after that, I sat for my oral exams for my PhD. And if you don't know what those are, don't ever do it. (laughs) It's three and a half hours of sitting in front of three or four or five professors and having them ask you every difficult question known to man in your particular field of study. And for me, it was preaching in church history. Uh, They had mercy on me um, and let me continue on so I could write my dissertation. And, and so that's what was happening the first time I ever preached this passage. And so you might be here today and maybe your world is a little chaotic. Uh, maybe you got a lot of, maybe you have a lot of burdens. Maybe you're exhausted like I was in 2001. And I got to preach on resting in Jesus, which is not really about naps. Um, it's not about naps. Uh, it, it's, it's about exchanging this idea that everything depends on me to handing it to Jesus. And, and that's what this passage is about. It, it's giving our burdens over to him. And, and I know there are two types of people in this room when it comes to burdens, when, when it comes to kind of how you live life. Some of you are similar to me. And when you uh, look at this device or you're on your computer and, and you see, as I did this morning at about 9.50, someone text me this morning at 9.50. Uh, it was Matt, our next-gen minister. And I saw it pop up right before I was supposed to preach. I'm like, mm, do I give the thumbs up? Do I, what do I do? Like I was burdened that that was going to sit there, unread, unresponded. And some of you are like that. Like if you have more than five emails that are on your little thing, you're like, oh, I got to get rid of those. And others, if you don't have that burden, you'd just soon it be 2086. You're like, praise the Lord, I got all these emails, look how popular I am. Or you got to keep your Snapchat streak, students. That's a foreign concept to me, but I know it exists. And you're burdened by that. We, we all have burdens, and some of them are insignificant, like did you respond to an email that, you know, from Best Buy's Labor Day sale. But sometimes our burdens are real. They, they come in our job, in school, or our spouse. Sometimes our burdens are self-imposed. And we think that, that life depends 
on me and everything that I have to offer. And Jesus provides us a little different example in Matthew 11. So hopefully you're at Matthew 11, go all the way to the end of the chapter, right before Matthew 12, and let's look at these few verses here. In verse 28, Jesus says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus gives us two commands here. That's what this whole series is about, the commands of Christ. Come to me. Come to me. Take my yoke. Two very simple commands that are very difficult to follow. That command, come to me, is simply an invitation. An invitation to place your faith in him to trust in him, to to release the burden of of either self-righteousness or a a life full of sin. Those are two things his audience knew well. Some of them had put their faith and trust in self-righteousness and others knew they were the worst. They were full of sin. And he invites everyone because finding rest isn't in synagogue in Jesus's culture, it's not by showing up on Sunday morning some of the time. It's not about the ritual. It's not about the religious activity. It's not about sacrifice. It's by coming to Jesus, trusting in him as Savior, believing that he is the only one who can release your burden, the burden of sin, He is the one who offers it to us. And and this passage comes right after Jesus prays for people, actually. And and he's praying, thanking God that, that there are some who come to him like a child, with childlike faith. And he's actually praying for those who are wise in their own eyes, that they would change their mentality to come to him with a childlike faith. That's what he offers. Because when you were a kid and you were tired, when you were weary, when something was going wrong, where did you go? You went to mom or dad. And you just believed that they were going to solve whatever burden, whatever difficulty, whatever hurt that you had, they were going to solve it. And so we go by faith. And so Jesus is offering us rest. And so no matter where you are today, if life is is running on all cylinders and you're doing great or it's falling apart around you and you're full of burdens. This is a simple reminder that pursuing Jesus is always the right answer. No matter what the circumstance, pursuing Jesus is the right answer. To take his invitation to come to him, to take on his yoke, to rest in him because it's the only way you and I are gonna find rest is to pursue Jesus. If we're trying to do it on our own, you're going to be weary and tired and frustrated and angry because you're going to be unwilling to release that burden of self-righteousness or release the burden of sin. 
And I think about this when he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I want to th- who are the people that, that actually went to Jesus? I, I, I think about Peter. Here's this big fisherman, like sort of a man's man, speaks before he thinks, arrogant in some ways. And Jesus called him and he, and he left everything behind and, and used him to, to help launch the church. But then you have the prodigal son, the guy who thought he knew everything and wanted to do things his own way. And so he left and finally he realizes he's in the pig pen. Nobody ever wants to be in the pig pen, literally or metaphorically. You don't want to be there. And he comes to his senses and he's like, what am I doing? Let, let me go back to the Father. Let me go back. If you remember in the Gospels, there's the, the, the publican. He, he's standing there watching the Pharisee pray. And the Pharisee is standing there in the middle of everybody. Lord, thank you that I'm not like the rest of these people. You ever prayed that prayer? Don't lie. You have. Right? Lord, thank God I'm not like him. Right? We, we've all been that, like this arrogance. And the, the publican stands in the corner behind the big column and says, as he beats his chest, he says, Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. And he, he releases that burden. The guy who, who was heavy laden. Think about Paul. His first name used to be Saul of Tarsus. The guy was perfect, like the most perfect individual that ever lived outside of Jesus. Like the guy managed to maintain the law of God better than everybody. He even declares it. He says, I, I, I was not an arrogant, just the truth. Right? It's like Michael Jordan saying, I'm the best that ever played. There are others that might debate him, but they would all be wrong. Right? It's, uh, this would all be wrong. So that's, that's Paul, Saul of Tarsus. And, and so much so that he was so perfect and he trusted so much in his own righteousness that he killed people. He had people killed who claimed the name of Jesus. And yet, he went to Jesus and found salvation found true purpose, released the burden of self-righteousness. The Philippian jailer, the dutiful servant who saw a miracle, he came to Jesus. Matthew, the guy who wrote this book, the tax collector, the guy who was hated by every person in his country because he had betrayed his own people by collecting their taxes for a foreign government. Can you imagine the joy every day of collecting taxes from your family. How exciting would that be? Especially when they didn't have enough to pay. That's Matthew. And he left all of that, left the burden of shame and guilt and frustration, maybe greed, and he followed Jesus. The woman at the well who had five husbands and living with the sixth, what did, what did she say to the whole town? After she met Jesus, she went to the whole town and said, he told me everything about myself. Now that would scare every one of you. 
If, if someone knew everything about you, well, there is that someone. His name is Jesus. But, but for you to have that exposed would be a burden for you, but it was a joy for her that she had met someone who understood her, who knew her fa- failures, who knew her potential, who knew what she could be when she came to Jesus. Little Zacchaeus up in the tree. And I got to have dinner with Jesus. Revolutionized his life and his purpose. Pursuing Jesus is always the right answer. Because when you and I come to Jesus, what do we find? We find rest. We find rest. There, there's no more burden. There's, there's no more, more heaviness to life. No, there's release and freedom. There's excitement. There's confidence. When we rest in Jesus, we don't have to exert unnecessary energy. That's what most of life is. We're exerting unnecessary energy because we're trying to do it all in our own strength. We're trying to do it all by ourselves. We're trying to do it as if the, the world depends on us and Jesus is calling us today Come, come. Are you gripped by sin? Come. Are you gripped by lawlessness and immorality? Come to Jesus. Are you attempting to fulfill your life by being a rule follower, doing all the right things, checking all the boxes? Are, Are you trying to fulfill your life with relationships that often end up in unhealthy places? By your appearance, like as long as the outside looks good, maybe I'll trick everybody to believe in the inside is good too. Make sure I have the right job. I know the right people. I got a good house and enough stuff to where it's all okay. Somehow that'll release the burden. No, just more stuff to pay for. So the burden keeps growing. Maybe I'll dive into athletics or a a club at school to try to manage, focus on grades. Maybe I need prestige, and if I just, like, get the right job title or I keep busy, everything will be okay. And so we exert all this energy trying to do things, whether it's fulfilling it on our own or worrying about doing the right thing at the right time and not doing the wrong thing so that God doesn't like us less, which is completely false. God likes you the same today as he did yesterday, as he will tomorrow. He loves you unconditionally. That, that is love, without condition. Your performance doesn't matter. does not affect his love. It's complete and full. And so why would we exhaust all this energy living like the devil or, or trying to make sure we check all the boxes so that God will be pleased with us. God's not pleased with you because you came to church today. He's thrilled that you're pursuing a relationship with him. But you sitting in that nice cushy chair in this air conditioning when it's 102 outside, that, that, that's not gaining God's favor. God, God loves you. Now, I want you to be here Otherwise, I get to preach to my family. And they, they love it, but they get it all the time. So, so they, they want others to join in the fun. 
But, but we get, even people of faith, we get caught up in the exhaustion of pursuing fulfillment on our own terms. And, and that's what Jesus is getting at here. It makes us weary. It's tiring. It's a huge burden. He says heavy laden. That means loaded down. I, I, I remember when the boys were in elementary school, their backpack was as big as them and all the stuff made it twice as big. And so, that, you know, they're walking like this, you know, into fourth grade. Something just didn't seem like that's a burden. That's heavy laden. You were never designed, you and I were never designed to carry the burden ourselves. And Jesus is offering us something different today. He's actually commanding us to do something different. To take on his yoke. To learn from him. To find rest in him. So that our soul might be refreshed. Not working for God's favor, but taking confidence in his favor. Like, I have confidence that, that I've put my trust in him. I believe in him as Savior, as the one who's going to guide me, who's going to teach me, who's going to refresh me, who's going to give me joy. So I take confidence in that. I don't have to work for that. No, Jesus did all the work. He lived perfectly. He died on the cross to pay the penalty of my sin and my failure. And now I just place my trust in him. I hand my life over to him. I no longer have to carry the load of sin and guilt and expectation that gets imposed on me by myself or by the world. Jesus says, take my yoke. It's light and easy. And so I want to submit to him. And you've been in those situations where submitting to the right person is easy. And that's what Jesus is offering. He, he is the right authority in our life to submit to. So submitting to the right authority is, is not only easy, but it's a joy. Like when you submit to someone who has your best interest in mind, who loves you unconditionally, who wants to teach you, who wants to help you grow, who wants to give you purpose, like that's exciting. That's not boring. That's not burdensome. That's not, oh, oh, oh. no, I, I, I want to. I want to dive into that. I want to lean into that. I, I don't mind wearing that yoke because it's easy. I know all of us are great farmers here. And, and we, you know, we just came off the, off the field yesterday behind the plow with the two ox and the yoke, right? That's, that's how we live life here in greater southeast Houston. But it's that large, that's what a yoke is, a large apparatus that you put on animals so they can work together. And you put it on just right so it prevents the skin from being irritated. It gives the farmer control without harming the animal. Right? That's, that's what it means to learn from, to be guided by Jesus. It improves teamwork. They can accomplish a great deal more together than individually. And I, you guys, I've said it a bunch, I, I love track and field. Uh, growing up, I wanted to be an Olympian. That ship sailed. But, but I, love, I love track and field. And the, if you don't know, which probably most of America doesn't know, uh, the World Track and Field Championships were this past two weeks. So um, they were over in Budapest, Hungary. And last night or the night before was the 4x100, uh, which is 
the men's or women's. Uh, the Americans won both because, um, you know, we're, we're, we're fast. Um, but it, it's four people all running 100 meters each, totaling 400 meters. So it's one lap around the track. Now, now if, if you don't know much about track and field, these days, the world-class athletes run the 100 meters in the upper nines, men do, the upper nine seconds. So 100 meters in slightly less than 10 seconds. Unimaginable. Cr crazy talk. The women, you add about a three quarters of a second to that, sometimes a second to that. So still under 11 seconds, uh, the women are running it. Still crazy fast. But it's, it's amazing to me that in the relay, they actually beat those times. So if all four of them were just to line up and run 100 meters each, and you added those scores up, that added that time up, it would be greater than them all running together in the relay. Because they're working together. And the Americans did it. They ran it in 37.38 seconds. So I know all you math majors are trying to work that out right now. Uh, it is quicker. And, and that was even with two botched handoffs. Like they're grabbing back here, trying to get the handoff. And they still ran it faster than all four of them could do it individually. There's two reasons for that. One, they're working together for a team. And two, runners two, three, and four, what do they do? They get a head start. They get a running start. So they're already building momentum when the guy comes and they take the baton and boom, they go. Because they're working as a unison to accomplish more together than they ever could individually. That's what Jesus is calling us to. Come to me. Let me release the burden of all your effort, of all your sin, of all your self-righteousness. Release that and let's work together. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Trust in his gentleness. Find rest. Find it easy. Submit to him. Submit to him. He calls us to come under his yoke of instruction, of protection, of unity in the body of Christ, to, to strength. Because you and I, when we are together all under the yoke of Christ, we can change the world. That's what God calls us to do. We're, we're the one place that's called to change the world. The government didn't get that responsibility. We got it. And so when you and I take on the yoke of Christ and release our burdens and find rest and joy and instruction and purpose, great things happen. But what happens too often for us is that we take on his yoke and then we're like, oh, Jesus, I don't want to quite go that way. And so we start battling Jesus. And so we pull on his yoke and then you, you get rubbed and you get like scrapes and it's a struggle and you get tired and frustrated and then you're directionless. And he's gently nudging you back. Hey, this way. Follow me. Come to me. Don't resist. Let me teach you. Let me show you. Don't do it all yourself. Submit to my leadership so you can serve others. Serve me with joy with excitement, with purpose. 
He wants to give you and I rest. You might get a nap today, but it needs to be short. But this is not about naps. It's about rest for your soul to become like your Savior. And so no matter how weary you are, no matter how frustrated you are, maybe life is grand right now. But this passage is a reminder that Jesus is always inviting us to come to him. He's always inviting us to release our burdens to him. He's always calling you, and no matter who you are, because look at the passage, all who labor, all who labor, that's everyone here. Some of you labor at school, some of you labor at work, some of you labor at home, some of you labor in the neighborhood, we're all doing something. Everyone labors. So anyone who is weary, anyone who is tired, anyone who is frustrated, anyone who is burdened, he says, come, take my yoke. Because there's delight when the burden is lifted. Right? You can tell when somebody is not doing well. Their posture, their exterior, how they look, how they carry themselves. You can tell in their voice, the tone they have. It's like they're struggling and you know, but, but when someone has had a burden released, it's like they have, a, they have a brand new life. Like they experience joy like no other. They understand the peace of Christ because they've received the gentle, humble heart of the Savior. And so I want to invite us today to a life that, that takes rest in Jesus. Not so we can be careless and just do whatever we want, but so we can serve and accomplish much for the kingdom. Because when you put on a yoke, you don't put on a yoke just to hang out, to sit by the fire. You put on a yoke to work. And so Jesus calls us to put on his yoke so that we can accomplish much for the kingdom. In God's economy, there's no fans. We're all participants. We're all in the field plowing. We're all in the field working for the glory of God. All in the field helping one another. All in the field looking to see who else needs a Savior. And so he invites us take on his yoke, to lay down our burdens, to find rest and joy in him. And so that's my prayer for you today. If you've got a burden, you have a heartache, you have a frustration, you have a worry, you have something that's going on in your life, you, you have a difficulty. Maybe you've been struggling and, and, and you've been resisting what God has for you. He invites you to come to him, take his yoke and find rest. Will you pray with me?